Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the Earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. Welcome to episode eight of Current Gen. My name is Tim. I'm here with Daniel. Baba Booey, Baba Booey. And Derek. Yo. And we are here to talk about video games. Of course, last week, we got some really great feedback on the show last week. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Lee, for being awesome, of course, and being super knowledgeable about PC gaming. Yeah, sure, our show is called Current Gen, and that usually refers to consoles. But in my opinion, I think staying up to date on the current generation of gaming, it very much includes PC gaming. So I'm not going to shy away from including PC gaming as it becomes important to either one or all three of us. So that is not something we're going to shy away from. For the most part, we'll talk about consoles. That's not going to change. But every once in a while, you're going to hear us chat about PC gaming. For example, I think today you're going to hear a little about Derek with something PC-related. Potentially. Um, But anyway, uh, this week is kind of interesting. I think we had a small, called a small wave of really interesting new releases over the last several weeks. And now we're hitting, I mean, unless I'm missing something that's coming out soon, other than Gears Tactics, there's nothing really until the end of June that's getting me real excited. There's some cool re-releases, right? We've talked about how at the end of May, Switch is getting some 2K games, and they're getting Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Definitive Edition. That's great. But there's nothing brand new coming out to any of those, uh, any console really, um, that's that's of note. So it's going to be an interesting spring as everything's kind of slowed down as far as I I feel like this whole year has been kind of trash when it comes to like new releases even like the ones that we were all hyped about and i'm not saying you guys haven't enjoyed them i'm not gonna speak for y'all um but for me like final fantasy 7 kind of a disappointment don't get me wrong i still think it's a good game that's not what i'm saying i'm done (laughs) and daniel's out but kind of a disappointment overall like because my hype level was pretty high on that game yeah. Doom Eternal, I have I played like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. I have no interest in going back to it. I just don't yeah. care. Yeah. Um what else has come out? There hasn't just there just hasn't well, been you've a had lot. RE RE3, Doom Eternal, Ori, even Final I Fantasy say, 7. To be fair, like yeah. even Resident Evil 3 was a letdown. Like a Neo was 2. It, was it a good game? Yes. But it was super short, and I actually don't have a desire to play it right now. Maybe yeah. I'll go back to it. But Resident Evil 2, I remember I beat it, right back into it. Beat yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. This one I didn't learn. Yeah, no, I got you. I just, it has been a very weird year. I think everyone was looking at 2020 as the year to end all years when it comes to gaming. And I, 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 I always felt like a Debbie Downer because I would just kind of question that statement like wow 2020 is gonna be and i was like why why do we think 2020 is gonna be so amazing there's some cool games that have been pushed back into 2020 but i don't see it being the deluge that everyone was saying and so well, well, yeah, right 2019 when they would when they started like delaying some of these games yeah, yeah. everybody in our group was saying 2020 is too stacked there's not gonna be time ah where's the stack I mean, a lot of it was being stacked. squished into the first six months though and now it's spread out because of freaking corona 
coronavirus. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. like Last of Us 2 right now, no date, literally no date. We don't yeah. know. And you know what's funny is The Last of Us 2, I think when it was like announced and at that time we had Cyberpunk around the same time, all that stuff was supposed to come out. It looked like a bad idea. And then as you got closer, you're like, oh, Last of Us Part 2 is coming out at the perfect time. And then they're like, nope, we're going to delay it indefinitely, yeah. which yeah. probably means late summer or whatever but that's when it starts to build up and i and i get anybody who's listening to our show right now is probably thinking okay guys when are you gonna say it's because new consoles are launching that's why yes that's a valid point new consoles are launching we don't know about everything that's coming out in the fall they are definitely saving things up but i'm just saying overall going from 2019 where everybody was like it's stacked to i'm in it and i'm like no it's not i've had plenty of time to play stuff that i don't even care about yeah. and i'm replaying it dragon you know, in- you know what's interesting is that it always just like last year it opens up the door for me to enjoy either old games to finally go revisit them or something in the backlog or maybe to play something i didn't expect to play i think 2019 was a great year for that where to me, it wasn't a standout year of this generation. Don't get me wrong. But I played a lot of stuff that I probably would have skipped that I ended up loving. You know, A Plague's Tale is a great example of that. So there, there are just some – there's always some advantages to having a little bit of a downtime when it comes to gaming. Um, but it also can be a little bit of a bummer when everyone expected to be like, oh, my poor wallet, all 2020. And it's like, well, I mean, that's not we the way all- it turned out. So, we all have those moments those moments where like oh man my backlog and it's like well the first few months have been kind of a godsend for that like you've had we've had months of catching up on our backlog but nobody so. nobody ever plays their back <laughs> i mean <laughs> i i was catching care up about is, i i i'll admit i am well no i'm not playing my backlog i'm really just replaying games from the past that i've already beat so they're not really in my backlog but there you go but I'm just enjoying I I am enjoying like not feeling pressured. Yes. Like I am not enjoying, like I said, Final Fantasy VII as much, but I don't and at first I felt pressured because we talked about doing um a spoiler show, which I still think you guys should do it without me. In fact, I am gonna say it on the air. I think you should do it without me and then include Kyle Neely and if Jeff Widman has finished it, include him too. But you guys should do it, and I felt pressure at first, like, you need to beat this, you need to beat this, because you need to be a part of this discussion. Plus, there was a ton of posts of people saying, I finished it, I finished it, it's amazing, it's Mm -hmm. game of the year, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm playing it, and as I'm playing it, I'm like, I'm hating this game more and more. Like, this is getting on my freaking nerves. Everything, And I'm not talking about difficulty, if anybody's trying to read into this. I just find the, the linearity annoying side missions annoying i find the girls annoying especially God's one sake. of them just all God the females sakes. <laughs> but overall it was it was a bit of a disappointment what about when cloud dresses up as a girl did you like that a little bit no i didn't like the I, muscular build i think that was his favorite he's got a beautiful him. face like me but uh his build Nah, he's like he's toned like Spider Man. He's not that jacked, you know. So he's, per- he's ah, just still works. Looks- it works. We were watching a show <laughs> today. I don't know if you guys watched like the new Magnum PI, but uh-huh. there's there, there's like a a main chick in that show that's like her. It's like Magnum's sidekick, and and both my wife and I were commenting on it. Like, ugh, this girl creeps us out because she's like built, like not ripped, but built. 
like a man. Like she has no hips. She's very muscular. There's Broad no shoulders. Yeah. She barely has any boobs. And it's just <laughs> not pleasant to look at. So like, you and your wife like are just beat, sitting. <laughs> looks like so she could beat you up pretty easily. Yeah. yeah, both of us were just looking at her like she is Ugh, she's got no boobs like this is gross <laughs> that was my comment i was like where's the boobs if you're gonna be like that you gotta have boobs okay but. interesting insights it's funny since we're talking about stuff we're playing already i do want to he- talk more about final fantasy 7 because i did finish it and it is it's hard for me to evaluate them i need a little more space but for the yeah. most part it is right up there in my top three so far this year with ori and doom eternal i know doom eternal's gotten a lot of um Hey, this is so disappointing. I find it to be every bit of the fantastic Doom experience I expected and wanted. But that being said, um, it doesn't have that same... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's almost like a magic to the 2016 Doom because it was it was a return to form that we hadn't seen in a while. And it was, it was, unexpected, right? it was unexpected and it was so cool and so stylish and so out there. And this one is... Honestly, it's a lot more of that, and it looks a little cooler, and the enemies are cooler, some of the moves are a little cooler, but it doesn't have that same magic. I know that's I kind really of... don't like the um, what's it called? I'm gonna my what's in my brain is the jumping section, but what's it called? I like platforming. The platforming. Yeah. Like I think it's stupid. Like yeah. and I, again, I got through some of the difficult ones, but I was just like while I was doing this, I was like, this is so annoying and not fun so when it gets yeah, to be not fun fun for me i'm like yeah i don't want to go back i, I can see that there's a lot more of those than i expected they don't bother me i actually kind of enjoy them myself but i can see how it's like this is not why i'm playing doom is to jump around uh-huh. on platforms I, I get that um but i'm i love that game i really love ori you've already heard me talk about on, on past episodes my you know nitpicks with that game with the technical issues if it weren't for those it's a nearly perfect game but it's yeah, to me it's game of the year it has some truly significant technical problems um that are not you can't just overlook some of which cause you to have to go back to a save or whatever um and and i think final fantasy 7 same thing as with doom eternal and with ori there's a, there's some things i can nitpick about it and you've all heard this a million times you know the side quests are essentially wastes of time in terms of the dialogue but they're not waste of time in terms of the loop. That's where it's annoying is yeah. there's not much character development or story like you are used to seeing um, with side quests and modern RPGs. But the loot you get at the end is more often than not really worth your time. That's what sucks about it is I wish you don't have to do those things. But anyway, um, honestly, those things aside, I thought the final, let's see, chapter 14 was a little bit less exciting. But it's an 18-chapter game. So chapters 15 through 18 I just thought were probably some of my favorite Final Fantasy experiences that I've had with any Final Fantasy game. And that doesn't mean it's my favorite Final Fantasy game, but that section was just moment after moment. I thought it was so fun. I loved the boss fight, some of the puzzles. It was really challenging, by the way. So you have they, to kind of be ready to... They were bombarding you with quite a few boss fights. They hit a lot of boss <laughs> fights, and some of the even some of the standard enemies they put you up against, standard-ish, um, were a little frustrating. They're brand new. You're like, I thought I was not the like the home stretch of this game. And I feel like the, and they do kind of open up pretty large chapters and areas to yeah. figure out all that to say when that game, finally, the credits finally rolled, I just sat there and watched the credits, listen to the music. Usually I skip ahead or turn it off to, to go watch something or whatever, but I really enjoyed it. And I, and I loved it very to the very end. Um, that being said, even though I'm a little surprised that Derek doesn't like it more I do understand what people like him and others are saying in terms of, I wish it didn't, and then fill in the blank. 
But man, I, I love it. it. I love it so much that when it was over, I actually went back and did a, a chapter or two. You know, you can go back and replay chapters. There's not really New Game Plus, but instead you go back and replay chapters with all your current gear and equipment. So it's kind of like New Game Plus where you can hop around in the story. Um, and just wanted to go back and, and you know, find a few things. And um, But then I jumped over to my PlayStation Vita, which I was glad to see it still charged up and worked. And I played my old version of um, the PS1 classic Final Fantasy VII. Since I I think I have like a dozen or more PS1 classics on that Vita. And so I went ahead and fired it up and started playing through it. I got three, four hours into it. And I'm almost at the end of Midgar already, of course. Um, yeah. But it's so funny to me when I'm playing it now. Because a lot of the stuff in the new game I thought, boy, I don't remember this at all. They must have added this. Mm-hmm. A lot of it actually is in the original game. It's just they, one line or yeah. one little moment or one little building that they put. Oh, let's just expand this a lot. Well, that's that's why everyone was getting so frustrated. But like when they were trying to explain, like, like this game is huge. It's huge, and everyone's yeah. like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, and that's kind of like when when you're not really thinking about like games then versus now. You're just you're just quickly kind of, or maybe you read a little slower. Either way. <laughs> You're reading the words then. It was not right. voiced. There wasn't like these sort of movie-like angles where cameras are swooping down and yeah. like you're getting like this kind of like scene, like you're in the moment. Like that extends a, a certain that extends a moment. Like yeah. the talking and the things that are happening, and that's not what happened back then because you just read the dialogue and you hit yep. X and then yeah. So you know what it reminds me of now is did you guys ever play or even try out the pocket edition of Final Fantasy 15? Just, uh, little, I, just I, I did for bit. like a second, yeah. Okay, so I played it just for a little bit to see what the deal was, and it's so funny. Now that I'm playing Final Fantasy VII, the old version, I feel like I'm playing the pocket version of Final Fantasy VII Remake because it's just <laughs> it's fast forwarding through all this dialogue, all these important moments, and you don't have to do all the fights. They're skipping a whole bunch of the extra stuff and all the places you could explore. They're just kind of hitting the main points. It feels like a pocket edition of Final Fantasy VII, which is so funny because we know Remake is. Yeah is not even close to the scope of the original in terms of the larger world. So anyway, all that to say, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was really good. It's not a perfect game, but it is certainly one of my favorites this year. And um, I, I can't see it falling out of my top five of the year. It just really depends on how other things deliver, I think. Um, but I really, really loved it. It, it kind of reignited my love for Final Fantasy. It, it really, honestly, it brought me back to that old magical feeling of playing a Final Fantasy game. I just, I just yeah. loved it. I just really, really loved it. So yeah. Um, it made me want to go back and and I actually re-downloaded nine on my Vita as well. So when I'm tired of playing seven, whether or not I actually replay that entire old game, I'm gonna fire up nine again too, just because really just, got those Final Fantasy. So you going know, on. Um, on the PS4 this this weekend is Japan sale, so That's all right. those Final Fantasy games are on sale now. Yeah, they're really cheap right now, so you can go and get a lot of those. And if you do have a chance to buy them, if you don't already have them somewhere, um. Those versions are pretty cool, especially the Final Fantasy VII on PS4 and other new consoles, because you can fast forward, which is just huge. And trophies. And trophies, of course. It does make it a lot more fun to have those trophies pop. Yeah. But um, anyway, I loved it, and um, I totally can see myself replaying this again in the future. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, see, I don't think I'll replay it. Maybe if they do a new game plus. Um, when it launches on PC, I'll probably buy it, but I think chapters 15 16 17 18 are gonna have to make me really love it because i started out loving it and then it's i faded today i actually played some i took a few day break where i was just like i'm like 
that was what I was talking about earlier about not feeling pressure. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just not gonna play because I don't want to get on Facebook and be like, this game is trash, and it's all because I'm just tired and pissy. Um, <laughs> so I took a couple days, maybe three days off, and then I played it today. And I decided because I was gonna originally skip all the side quests in chapter 14. I'm glad I didn't, um, especially the opening up the uh, loot areas for the Cor Don Cornelio. Yeah. So I did all those. There's so much stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't. But I, I ended up getting a couple of weapons and stuff like that, upgrading my characters. I've upgraded them like another two, three levels, just fighting a bunch of things. I've fought this one enemy i forgot his name I, I think he's been in other final fantasy games or maybe i fought him in final fantasy 7 a long time ago but he's like what is he like this little green glob or maybe he's a cactus Tell he's, uh, he's just got a knife and he can yeah. watch oh, uh, tonberry tonberry yeah. yeah yeah he's like a little like and he can he can one hit kill anybody yeah 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 <laughs> i was getting pissed i'm like you little biatch that, you just yeah. like, stare that's at me like and i'm dead yeah, yeah that that knife. fight actually i kind of loved that fight it was hard i ended up using way more phoenix downs than i normally use yeah. but i love that he just kind of quietly like a little old man walks around the stage and if he gets close enough to you it's like dead and then you have to quick raise that person because he's coming after I somebody else i didn't feel like he was that close to me like i was i decided to use barrett because barrett not only has range but he also i he has my ability to revive mm -hmm. yeah. so i don't have to use phoenix downs every five seconds so i'm like okay keep barrett alive keep him far away I'm, i was just guessing at this point i was like uh, maybe i just need to stay far away that motherfucker was still killing barrett every five <laughs> yeah. seconds i'm like what the heck yeah um but anyways, well, keep in mind as you go through 15 through 18 i don't think any of them are necessarily brief chapters like they're all pretty yeah. lengthy yeah. and they all have a bunch of tough battles in them so just keep that in mind that there's i don't know to I'm me, I'm not gonna I, rush it. I'm just gonna play through it. I'm I gonna stayed up. I stayed up two nights in a row, super late, because I was so hooked. And the first night, I ended up just kind of—it was like chapter 17, and I was just wiped out. The next night, I pushed through and and finished it. But anyway, uh, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good stuff in there, and some legitimate criticism to make of it as well. I think a lot of it is my nostalgia that's making me love it so much. It just took me straight back to the old days of. Final Fantasy. So I really dug it. I imagine Dan, it was the same for you, unless there's other things you ended up not liking about it. Nostalgia is a is a good word because, and I don't. The three of us haven't really done anything like in depth as far as discussing details of games. We generally kind of try to be on the outside when we talk about it, like be a little bit vague, but some details. Yeah, we and, don't want to spoil stuff, but yeah, yeah. But like, if we do do a spoiler cast type of thing, yeah. I'm looking forward to that because I have a lot of specific things to say because <laughs> okay. um, I did finish it and, and things towards the end of the game. And then just like the overall vibes of everything. Yeah. For, for mo like a very large portion of the game, I was feeling like those feels that I felt back before final fantasy 13 and mm -hmm. even 15, like where I was just like, I love this series so much. And I mean, not that I ever stopped, but you know, it definitely has wavered a bit here and there over the years. So, yeah, no, I got you. That yeah. makes sense. If you liked uh, kind of the crazy action of something like the Advent Children cartoon, I think at, at least visually you guys will really like what they do, especially with that final boss battle. Yeah, but. that that movie is like just straight up like just fan fan service. Oh, it's without a doubt. so awesome. I mean, the story yeah. is kind of whatever, but like it's just visually like insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um, Slight spoiler here. Well, you know what? No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until we get to... <laughs> 
till we get to our spoiler cast. We should actually see if we can't do that this week. So yeah. I'll, I'll avoid that. There was one thing I want to make a comment on, but I'll, I'll wait. Um, it'll actually be cooler for Derek, for example, to just experience that himself, even though it's small. All There's right. So much to say. There's so much to say. There is. There's, there's some really cool stuff there. I, I really appreciate what Square did with that. They could have phoned it in and they, in my opinion, did not. They phoned in parts of it, but the overall experience was not phoned in, in my opinion. Um, something else I've been playing, I thought I'd highlight, and you guys can chime in with stuff you're playing too here in a sec. Um, I fired up Horizon Zero Dawn, New Game Plus. Oh. So while I had my PS4 on and Final Fantasy VII credits had rolled, I remember just kind of looking at the home screen there like, well, while I've got this turned on, before I turn it off again until Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima comes out, is there anything else I want to fire up? So I fired up uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and started a new game plus with that. Learned very quickly I should have set it to hard or something because you can one-shot everything with your gear from the end of Frozen yeah. Wilds. You can just destroy everything. So it's kind of cool at first and like, oh, this isn't going to be fun because when I first played through that game, I kind of moved with a lot of trepidation because these monsters were so scary and could kill you. And now they can't really do anything to me. Like, I can kill them all really quickly. So not sure that's how I want to replay through Horizon Zero Dawn. Is I don't want it to be, like, super easy mode. So maybe I'll try New Game Plus on, <clears throat> on hard mode before I do that again. But it's still a really cool game. Um, I think the facial animations don't hold up super well. It's three years old now. And now that I've seen so many other high-quality games since then, and now I was watching the opening scenes with Aloy and Rost and... As they're talking, I'm like, oh, I remember this looking a lot better. But, you know, it's just three uh, years have passed. I never, I never felt like it was really amazing even three years ago. So I could yeah. see how it wouldn't age. That was well. the main gripe, though, for sure, was kind of just yeah. the facial animations and right. just sort of how people acted, like especially NPCs in that game. So. Yeah. Well, and like their eyes roll around real weirdly. I think they're trying yeah. to add some realism to their eyes. With their eyes, they're all having always... seizures all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they're always looking a little weird, but still a very cool game with some with very impressive environments running on my old base ps4 i mean it still looks really good um so anyway horizon zero dawn is still a very cool game um i might try it on hard mode though because again playing normal on new game plus having no challenge at all actually took the, the fun out of it a little bit um last thing i'll mention is we've do dove dived as a family we have dived back into super mario maker 2 uh with their, with their recent update um, so I only have one copy of that game digitally. And so I've shown my kids how they can log in as me and just leave it in airplane mode. And so they all have it downloaded. We have downloaded on three different switches. And as long as two of them are in airplane mode, the others, all three can play. That's pretty sweet. Um, as soon as you go try to go online though, like you can't play together. There's a lot of limitations to that, but if you just yeah, want to yeah. build your own levels and like pass the switches around, like, Hey, play this one I just built, which is what we've been doing. It's a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I ordered a bunch of cheap uh, styluses, the kind that, not the DS kind, but the kind right. that can work on an iPad um, or a Switch. Yep. And it makes the building a lot more fun and a lot easier using yeah, the touchscreen there. Um, so it's really fun. They added an update that kind of triggered this. We we all watched, my kids and I watched this video that Nintendo put out, where now you can not just create your own levels and people can follow you as a maker and you know essentially experience your levels as a world you can now create your own world so you create yeah. your own overworld map you put little dots on the screen where you want mario to move to you can create secrets and different themes and all that kind of stuff you can create eight worlds and 40 overall courses super cool i mean you can yeah. essentially create you know super nester world or whatever you want to call it and then people can go through and play you know all 40 of your courses it's pretty awesome people have been asking for that for so long and yeah, I just I didn't think they honestly were going to do it. I just didn't. Yep. 
and they did. So that's super cool. Yeah, and the overworld creator is pretty fun. It's pretty simple, but it's pretty fun. You can decorate it up and, and make it look however you want. You can have, you know, secret exits at a level take you one direction or another. So it's just it's just really neat. And uh, my kids and I have really been enjoying that one. So that's what I've been playing this week. What about you, Dan? Anything else other than wrapping up Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, so I, I finished seven. Um, I had started right before that. Just real quick, my um, hard playthrough of RE3. So I'm uh, I I think I'm about halfway through that. Um, I don't Derek, do you remember? I don't think they had the shop that you can use the points to get equipment in RE2 remake, right? I don't think they uh, had the shop. I think you just no. got, you just got stuff for finishing that. You just got right? stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I I think from now like every whatever all the Resident Evils just like have that shop because I I'm super into the idea of like the better the better grade that you get when you finish this playthrough, then the more points you get to redeem for like extra bonus equipment that you don't normally get in the game, like infinite whip, uh, like this, uh, there's this handgun that you can only get through the shop with the points, which then makes hard, uh, mode a little bit easier because you don't have to find equipment, um, you know, bullets for it because it's just infinite. So the zombies definitely take way more shots. You also have to deal with Nemesis in this one, so it's still pretty challenging, but. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm super into that, that idea. I think they should just always have that shop and then kind of gives you incentive to, to try to be as, uh, play as well as you can to get the more points to get, you know, better guns and all that. So well, I think they'll definitely have it in Resident Evil 4 because in Resident Evil 4, you're already buying from the yeah, greatest yeah. NPC character ever <laughs> in all video games. What are you buying? What are you buying? <laughs> but, um... I think they'll have something like that where you could probably do game plus new game plus over and over yeah, yeah, yeah. where you just keep buying and looting and all that stuff. And then eventually just tack it on to yeah. more playthroughs. Yeah. That was just naturally in the game at the time. So like, have this you is messed like, with the multiplayer at all? I was like, interested I, and I, I haven't touched it. Yeah. I haven't either. I mean, I, I was, I was legitimately interested in well as well, but then again, seven remake came out. So then I pretty much finished my first playthrough of Resident Evil 3, and then I went right into 7, but I don't know. I mean, if you wanted to try it, but, like, I, just the notion of just jumping into that, just, like, with random people doesn't really excite me that much, but... Well, I'm on PC. I, I don't think I can play with it. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so pretty much Look. just those two, and, and then that Val Forest game I'm still just kind of chipping away at. So I've pretty much been playing the same three things. Yeah, and Animal Crossing too. Hey, by the way, yes. with Animal Crossing, I saw that uh, apparently Elijah Wood saw yeah. someone tweet out <laughs> something about wanting to buy turnips or sell turnips. I forget what it was. Yeah, he visited someone's house. He's like, hey, uh, can I um, can I buy some stuff? Yeah, or... they, they tweeted out like, hey, I've got either I've got these or I'm buying these. I forget what the situation was. But basically, Elijah Wood then DM'd them because they said, hey, DM me on Twitter and we'll exchange information to make sure we can jump into each other's Animal Crossing islands. <laughs> And so it was really his his certified account or whatever blue check mark. He and then he jumped into yeah. the game and they, they had all these little clips and screenshots of them hanging out, quote unquote, yeah. hanging out with Elijah Wood and Animal that's, Crossing. That's and listen, I know that's kind of silly and cheesy, or whatever, but I think that's kind of awesome. Like that's yeah. the kind of thing that happens during this quarantine. Is even celebrities are just desperate for any kind of interaction, even if it's on Animal yeah. Crossing. Elijah Wood trying to mess with the uh, turnip stock market is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Freaking Frodo going around trying to ask people to 
sell his turnips. I think that kind of moment is brilliant for, and Nintendo didn't have anything to do with it as far as I know, but that is great marketing for them because it's just like, hey, by the way, do you know this really relaxing game is even played by celebrities and Mm-hmm. This kind of thing could happen. Like it's it's just really great marketing for them. Yeah. Doesn't make me want to play it anymore, but I can appreciate how uh, those who play that. That's pretty exciting. So that's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Derek, you playing anything else? I mean, you gotta give a shout out to I did boot up Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> oh, hang on, let me let me play the theme song. Yes, I love trash. It's not gonna end because I I'm. I'm definitely in the DLC, and I actually I I made a post saying like I'd rather be playing that than Final Fantasy VII, and it's true. I just enjoy I don't know. There's something that I'm locked into that game, and like every I'm paying attention to it more. And I know I said this when I was originally playing through the second time, but now I'm going to the DLC because I don't even remember any of it. I only remember one DLC like being very uh, important to the actual overall story, but I don't remember the other two. So I'm going through the other two and then I'll hit the, the third important one. But yeah, just Dragon Age. And then I'm, I'm honestly just still testing out my monitor. Um, so I jumped from game to game. Like I jumped into Resident Evil Revelations. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is like one of my favorite Resident Evil games. And as I'm playing it and it's still atmospheric when you're first in the ship amazing like really good but once you go to like chris redfield's missions and he starts talking with that girl i was like oh my god this is so <laughs> bad oh man that's like, one of your favorites this, though yeah you would think this would be from like 1999 with the voice acting the dialogue <laughs> everything is really bad that's fantastic that's and awesome. so I actually, I uninstalled it. I was like, you know, I'm not going to play this. I'm not going to play it. I've already beat it three times. I'm not going to go back to it again. So you mentioned going back to Dragon Age Inquisition. That was a 2014 game, right? Does that sound right? Yeah, yes, it was 2014. And it still is more recent than the last NCAA football game, which was the summer of 2013. It was NCAA 14. They always you know, had the year that was coming up next as the name of it. Don't know why. That's just how they do it. Um but I fired that up again on my 360 because this NFL draft is going on and I watched a little bit of it and they were showing clips of college players and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I miss college football so much. And so I fired it up and started playing it, started playing a new dynasty. I uh, just did a little Googling to find out who out there is is updating rosters and found the username. Because you can just download a roster that any gamer out there who has made it available publicly as long as you know the gamer tag, you can just type it in and then hit download, and you'll download whatever their roster is. So um, I found a couple uh, to try. I tried a couple of them. Some of them are still outdated, but then I found one that not only already has players that just declared or graduated this past year, they're already gone, and it already includes the new incoming freshman class that, that hmm. will be there hopefully this fall. Um, it's not perfect. Like Some of their stats are probably off. Some of the names for every team, I'm sure, aren't totally correct. But the teams I care about are pretty up-to-date. Most of the Big Ten's up-to-date, most of the major schools. So, Anyway, I'm having fun with that. The recruiting, dude, it just takes me back to how in-depth and strategic that game can be. If you do a dynasty, you, in my opinion, you get a great mix of all the menu screens where you're managing your teams and looking at stats and recruiting new players and you're divvying up how do I want to spend my points this week, who, which player do I focus on, and when should I bring them in for a visit, all that kind of stuff. And then you get to jump into a game and play it. And 
yeah, the game's dated. The, the visuals aren't amazing, but I still think it plays pretty fine. Like I, I had just played Madden last year briefly when I had uh, the EA uh, trial for whatever their service is called. And I honestly don't think this plays that differently from the way Madden still plays today. Um, sure, it's not quite as fine-tuned, but it's not that different. So anyway, I'm having a blast playing some NCAA. Man, I really wish they somehow figured out a way to make more of those. But, I think they will. I think it's getting closer. Yeah. I mean, just honestly, most players, some won't, but most players would be cool with just getting a free copy of the game. Like yeah. that's like, yeah, you can, use my, you can use my likeness. Just give me a free copy of the game. No, Great. they want they want way more money than that, Tim. Some of some of them <laughs> probably do. There's going to be certain divas, sh- oh, yeah. for sure. That but that's the issue, right? Is is they want the play, players complaining about not getting any sort of yes. royalties. Well, or whatever, I think right? it's I think it's more than that. I think it's the players want to get paid, but then the NCAA is going to get involved with, right. with you're now violating a bunch of their rules. So I think that's when EA was like, this isn't worth it. We're yeah. out. I don't think EA actually would have any trouble paying the players, even if they gave them some kind of fee to use their likeness, just like they do with the NFL PA to use NFL players. Yeah, there's a lot more, but I don't think they'd have any problems figuring out a way to do that because this game would sell bonkers if they put it out again. But Derek's right. It's more about the NCAA and all their uh, rules they have in place. But anyway, NCAA 14 still works on my 360, still fires up. Still pretty cool. Well, before we move on, I do want to give, like, because I told you I was testing out some games. I did kind of get hooked a little bit tonight on uh, Far Cry New Dawn, but I'm playing it now on PC. So I started originally on Xbox One X because Tim bought it. I I liked it, but I didn't really get into it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I finished it and didn't love it, but it was fine. It was fine. But I started tonight on PC, and again, I'm just kind of testing out games because I want to push the limits, and I was able to run this thing off. Again, I'm using my 1440p uh, monitor. At 1440p, um, 80 frames per second at ultra settings. And it's very crystal clear. And I want to make sure people understand that even though 1440p is really different from, what is it, 2160p, that's a big difference. There really isn't much different on a monitor. And that was what Lee was talking about last week. You can see a little bit of a difference, but there are certain games I honestly cannot tell if it's for. You just want to run smooth, right? A combination of that nice high resolution and smooth. Like I was messaging Dan Phillips um, because he's looking into getting PC and he has the same monitor as me. So he'll tell me like, oh, like today he told me, hey, check out Forza Horizon 4. So I'm running that game on ultra settings at over 100 frames per second. That game is glorious now that one i can kind of tell that it's not 4k like like i can tell the difference between native 4k and yeah but that game is pretty no matter where you play it, it so i is, imagine on a nice system a nice monitor lighting, but the great. lighting and the monitor the yeah. monitor has better details better motion yeah. control, all that so the same thing with far cry far cry i was looking at i was like i can't this is i just know this looks way superior to the one x and I thought it looked decent on the One X. Just a I lot of pink, love. you know? It's just a lot of pink in that game. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm loving like the monitor. I'm loving um, my PC even more. And then uh, just real quick, and then we'll move on. I did order a laptop. It's supposed to get here on Monday. Um, all the specs are pretty much in line with my current PC build. The difference is my video card is an RTX, whereas I had a GTX 1080. Now I have an RTX 2070. 
So I should be able to run ray tracing better. Um, so I'm going to check out the cool thing about the laptop. And this is what Dan and Daniel and I were talking about before you, you jumped in, Tim. But basically, like, the reason why I wanted the laptop is, A, I didn't pay full price. I got half off for it. But also, it's because it's basically a portable PC. I can now move this anywhere. I can hook it up to my 1440p monitor. I can hook it up to my 4K TV. I can hook it up to my 4K monitors in another room for my business. So, uh, or my work. Play it on the laptop screen if you really have to, right? Yeah, the yeah. laptop screen's 1080p. I am definitely going to test it out, but it's also 144 hertz. So I'm going to have a refresh rate that's very, very high. Um, and I'm going to be able to run at 1080p. I'm going to be able to run every game at ultra over 100 frames per second. So if you're playing a game on your desktop and mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, I'm going to switch over for the rest of the day to my laptop, which does it depend on what platform, like whether it's steam or whatever on how easy that is to do it won't be hard i'll just have it all downloaded on each individual one and then uh they all have their cloud services so as soon as you you do it it's just gonna so you pretty much have a switch congratulations that's what i'm saying that's (laughs) one of the reasons why i did it so i was like this is gonna be awesome i'm gonna get to experience an rtx card uh, I'll probably upgrade my main PC later or I'll buy another one, which we've talked about before, but I'm super excited. I felt like I was getting a good deal. I even checked in with Lee. I was like, Lee, you already know I'm getting half off on this, but is this like worth it? Like at, if I was to pay this price for it, he's like, it's actually a pretty good laptop. He's like, mm. you're definitely getting a good deal. So Nice. All right. Well, let's shift into a segment we haven't done for a couple episodes here, but we wanted to give Dan a chance to oh, rant and rave about something. So you've got yourself 60 seconds. I'll get the clock up. Hang on Jeez. one second. Okay, I so forgot we were doing this. <laughs> yeah, well, it better be good. Um, okay, hang on. Let me pull up my stopwatch here. So, yeah, the whole point of this is basically – uh, one of us takes 60 seconds to make a point about something, something good, something bad, something in between, something we really care about, something others care too much about, uh, whatever that thing happens to be, hopefully video game related. And and then the other two will say whether or not we were sold in that 60 seconds or not. All right, so I've got my stopwatch ready. Are you ready? Sure. All right, here we go. Ready, set, go. All right. So the other day I was having a conversation. Uh, I forget what it was off of, but... Basically, Jesse White was taunting me. He was talking about how Vaughn from Final Fantasy XII hmm. is a better character or main character than Titus from Final Fantasy X. Ooh. Now, the main argument, obviously, and everybody who knows Final Fantasy and specifically Final Fantasy X, the argument is always, oh, the laugh scene. The laugh scene is terrible. The laugh scene is awkward. Titus is a terrible character. He is stupid. He is one of the worst characters in the entire series. That's completely false, especially versus Vaughn. Why? Is because Vaughn is actually whiny and annoying, and he looks literally like a girl. Titus just dresses poorly. He starts he starts off as a douchey sort of uh, frat boy kind of uh, sports player, but he matures over time as the game goes on. By the end of the actual game, he's not the same person at all. Um, and neither is Vaughn, but not nearly as mature as Titus is. Time. Ah, oh, son of a... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't even get to the laugh thing. I wanted to say a, a thing about the laugh. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Wow. All right, Derek, are you sold? Is Titus a better character based on what you just heard than Vaughn? 
I think the main argument that he said about like the last scene is what gets people like that's the first thing they go to and say Titus is annoying. Yes, Titus is annoying in the beginning, but as you play the game, he really does grow up and mature. Absolutely. So I think it was all intentional. Like, hey, we're gonna make this annoying little brat who hates his daddy, has daddy issues, <laughs> yeah. and then by the end of the game, he's not gonna be that annoying little brat. But he does have daddy issues. He does indeed. Yeah, no, I'm totally sold. I the caveat here, though, is that I I have tried to play Final Fantasy XII three separate occasions, and I've always found myself saying, this is a pretty fun game. And I get pretty far into it. I get to, through a couple of areas, and I my party is starting to get bigger, and I'm getting used to the system, and then something distracts me, and I never go back to it. Yeah. Um, I think I it's the gameplay. I, I don't know. Yeah, well. maybe the Gambit system is just so complex that it's a really hard game to go back to if you if you haven't played it for a while. I don't know. But all that to say, I haven't truly seen everything that Vaughn has to offer as a character. But what I've seen so far in my couple times trying to play through that game, I kind of hate that guy. <laughs> so, And I don't hate Titus. I think Titus has a really cool character arc. So I 100% already agreed with you, and I also think you made good points anyway. So, well can done. I, can I just say one thing, though, about yeah, the last do. scene? Shut up. Do the it. last scene is purposefully annoying. He's trying to be really awkward and make you feel awkward on purpose. And I don't know if people just are trying to be like trolly and like, oh, that scene. It's like that scene is like that specifically on purpose. That's the point of it because Yuna, and I, I don't want to spoil for anyone who's never played 10, but she's on a pilgrimage on a journey, a very depressing journey, a very yep. sad journey that, and that's what all the summons in that game, they have a very specific purpose. Yep. So he's trying to lighten the mood, the tension, that moment. And and what better, I guess, than some dumb, awkward laugh, right? Yep. So it's it's specific. It's it's on purpose. It, there's a specific reason why it's happening. So Part of the reason I hate Vaughn even more is what he's wearing. He just looks so yeah. mad. <laughs> I mean, Titus, Titus is super just terribly dressed, too. Like yeah, Titus, Titus is Dan, and I'm Vaughn. <laughs> I, would, I would totally wear Vaughn's, like... <laughs> little jacket oh my gosh sure yeah that makes sense all right well let's move into some headlines here uh i don't have a ton you know what's interesting is this has been a, a pretty busy week with other things so i haven't had a lot of time to just scour the interwebs for headlines I'll, I'll stay on top of things like on twitter or if i see people in various groups posting stuff i just haven't seen a lot of i would call them notable headlines or honestly even stuff that's not very notable there's just not a lot happening um, a lot of companies are quiet because either a they have their heads down and they're churning out their new console for the fall and everyone that can work from home is or everything has come to a halt because they can't continue working the way they used to because of yeah. the, the virus. So it's one or the other. Either one, they're getting close to announcing some cool stuff. And I've heard that Xbox, for, for example, Microsoft is on the verge of announcing a bunch of stuff, which would be really cool. Um but anyway, all that to say, I don't have much from Nintendo. I think the Elijah Wood thing is probably one of the biggest pieces of news they have coming out. Um, they updated Mario Maker 2, which we already talked about. They've got some really cool stuff um, going on with Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. If you are a big fan of that series, some of their special editions are really neat with their physical stuff they're offering. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing brand new that I'm aware of, unless was, you guys know something. There was an update like. for Animal Crossing as well, so... Alongside that Elijah Wood thing, yeah. there's um I forget what it's called something day. Yeah, they've got like some event coming up, right? Yeah, uh, well, it's, so it started uh what's today's date? Twenty 
24th, 23rd, well, whatever, the 23rd. It started on the 23rd. Um, there's some extra NPCs that are going to be showing up selling different things that they didn't have up until that point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, today's 25th, it, and I think that's happening through the end of the month. I yeah, think. until I think uh, the 4th, May 4th. Okay. So, all right. Well, yeah. cool. And that, that is one thing that I got to give props to for Nintendo and Animal Crossing devs is they are keeping that thing updated all the time. New events and new items and new whatever. The things that Animal Crossing fans want, they continue to provide in that game, yeah. as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, so other than that, not a whole lot going on with Nintendo. I'm looking forward to the next Direct so we can get an idea of what's coming June and beyond. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for Nintendo. As far as general news goes, uh, this week we see the release of a sequel to the very classic beat-em-up game, Streets of Rage. So Streets of Rage 4 comes out. I actually do think the art style is kind of cool yeah. uh, when I watched the trailer for this. I have no idea if the game will be good. Okay, I have no clue. I know then they tried to bring back Double Dragon a few years ago. That was awful. So I, I don't know if Streets of Rage will be good or not, but I'm assuming it'll be some fun couch co-op beat-em-up action. I mean, oh. if it matters to anyone, I, I think there's some returning um, people from the original series on this one. I know for I know for sure. I think whoever did the music of the original um, first few uh, okay. is ha, did return for this. Nice. Um, so there's at least some of that kind of carryover. Yeah, it kind of takes you back to the old arcade days. You know, it's funny. Derek posted some pictures of his Mortal Kombat cabinet that he's got now. Yeah. And um, pretty sweet. I went through a little phase. It was like a whole afternoon where all I wanted was some kind of arcade cabinet. I was looking for like whether it was the NBA Jam or Showtime or something, or maybe like the X-Men, the old X-Men, or, or Ninja Turtles beat-em-ups or something. I was looking for something. Turtles in town. And they're all, if you want anything that's really legit, you got to spend a lot of money, um, or you have to go with um, one of the new $500 ones, and that's not a lot of money, by the way. You could buy one of these old cabinets, and they could run you two, three, four thousand bucks easy if you want to get the original stuff. Yep. Um, then there's other people who run what appears to be pretty shady businesses for arcade cabinets, but it might be legit, but it just looks really shady where basically they say, all right, just let us know what games you want and how many computers you want it on. And you essentially are running a couple of PCs in the back of the cabinet. And then you pick which game you want to fire up and the controls are all hooked up. I'm sure it works. It just seems a little bit weird and you can buy decals for your cabinet. So there's a lot of cool stuff out there. I just realized how quickly that was going to cost me. A whole lot of money. My daughter came over right as I was looking at that on my phone, and she happened to see as I was scrolling past the claw game. She was like, oh, can we buy a claw game? Like, she wanted to have one of those stuffed animal <laughs> claw games in our garage. Sure. I was like, well, hon, that's 1700 bucks. So well, what you do is you buy and that. And you'll never win. Well, we buy that, and we put up some signs in the neighborhood and get little neighborhood kids that's to come right. by. That's right. And they apparently stock it with uh, plushies for the first run, Dude. and then you have to re <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say something about this Mortal Kombat arcade. Okay, first of all, I've already said that it looks amazing. It's a dream come true. It is, and it it plays well as far as like the joysticks and buttons. It's really, really well done by them. But holy crap, you don't realize how like entitled and like how easy we have it with video games now. Like I'm playing, <laughs> I was playing Mortal Kombat three. First of all, I put it on very easy. And even on very easy, they're not easy. I was like, <laughs> why are you beating me up? You're on easy. Maybe like, you're just I bad at Mortal Kombat. I am. <laughs> I was like, I should just be able to walk up to you and beat the hell out of you. And they're like doing combos on me. And then they'll sit there and pause for a little bit. That's the very easy part. And then they'll come back and combo me. I'm like, holy crap. But uh, 
Combos in the original were not easy to do. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. And well, I'm talking about Mortal Kombat 3, which is not that. Well, hard. right. Well, I for, yeah, the first like three. Yeah. But the crazy part is the the fatalities. They give you, and I'm not exaggerating, like three seconds. If you have only enough time, like you basically have to make the last hit on the enemy a hit that guarantees you you're going to be in the spot because you got to be in a specific spot. You can't just do it anywhere you want. You either have to be sweet distance, far away, mid, yep, whatever, yep. right in their face. And so I was trying to do reptiles fatality, which was like mid. So I did the uppercut. It says finish him. And then I have like three seconds, two to three seconds to enter the combination, which, by the way, on a joystick, not easy. <laughs> no. So I just kept failing. I was like, this is beep, beep. Like, <laughs> all the modern Mortal Kombat's, they have, first of all, they have a fatality training, okay? Yeah. So you just select that, you go in, you pick your two characters, whoever you want to murder. You don't even have to fight the round. It just goes, finish him. And then you do you enter the the. You get fatality. to experience every fatality if you want to. Yeah, yeah. But they give you like five to ten seconds to enter it. Or Dude, remember the training, arcades where you would see someone else do that? And you just thought of like, they are a god. They are an arcade <laughs> god. And now that you're saying this, you're reminding me how difficult that stuff was. They actually were. Like, they had legit skills in those arcade oh, yeah. games that I it's, never had. I, I was like, you know what? I'm glad I bought this just to say I own it and because yeah. it looks beautiful. I am not playing this bull crap. <laughs> well, so there's, there's two reasons why I got interested in uh, some sort of cabinet. And I do want one in the future. Some, and, you know, it'd be cool in my garage to have like a pinball machine or some kind of old arcade machine, something. I do want to get that eventually. But not only was it Derek posting pictures and telling us about Mortal Kombat and also just seeing that it's a thing that's popping up online. I think NBA Jam comes out this summer. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so those things all interest me. But also I just finished watching through season three of Ozarks, which I love that show, by the way. And in season three, one of the things that happens is he has this series of memories because some stuff happens to him. And then he kind of keeps flashing back to when he was a kid. And there was this one arcade game called Beast Wars that he kept playing. Mm-hmm. And... And then as an adult, after that series of flashbacks, all of a sudden the wife opens the garage and is like, why is there an arcade machine in here? And he's just like, I bought it. He just yeah. tells – like he bought the original cabinet for it and it's there in the garage and he's nice. playing it. And as I'm watching him playing it, for a moment there I was like, I got to get one of those. I got I to get one. of That's so cool. So anyway. I've always, had, um, I've always had a desire to own the Mortal Kombat ones, which it's super cool that I get to own one cabinet that has all three games that yeah. I absolutely love. So I didn't have to buy three different ones. But the other one I always wanted, like not just now, like, oh, I just started thinking about it. Like as a kid, I've always wanted a Killer Instinct arcade. Uh, yeah. And if you type that bad boy in, it's about four grand. I did yeah. find somebody on YouTube. I think he used the Mortal Kombat arcade, but basically he stripped it down, bought all this Killer Instinct stuff, you know, obviously went into the electronics of it and, you know, modded it, modded it mm-hmm. and he had Killer Instinct running and it looked exactly like the arcade. Yep. Like he yep. did a phenomenal job. And he even said, as he's doing, he's like, oh, you know, this was, you know, something I really want to do. I had no idea how much work it was like. And he started <laughs> explaining all the stuff that him and his wife are doing. And it was like, nope, would yeah. never do that. Yeah. Never. And, and hey, he deserves that money he's getting for those if he's selling them then too. Yeah, um, but the ones that I would want would not be the fighting games because I'm bad enough at fighting games when they hold your hand on a console. So I, I'm really bad in arcade. But I, I'd like to, all the sports games. All those are fun. 
Blitz and Jam. We've talked about those. Blitz. But I also really like light gun games. So I would totally oh, get yeah, like a yeah. House of the Dead or like Time, Time Crisis. Crisis. Dude, time yeah. crisis. Yeah, when you yeah. hit the there's a foot pedal to kind of help yep. you duck yep. back behind cover. I would 100% rock time crisis in the garage. That'd be Absolutely. amazing. But anyway, it, I digress. Daytona USA arcade was my jam. That yeah, was... any kind of racing thing where you can actually sit down together to race, that'd be a lot of fun. You know, with the steering wheels, like you and the kids out in the garage. Oh man, all that stuff would be sweet and and cost way too much money. But let's yeah. all leave our wives and just get like a house together all three of us and all we do is just <laughs> and we would never judge each other on ridiculous expenses well, like that either well we had also just combine our finances because we don't sure. have wives and kids and we just true. buy cabinets and stuff it's so true because if if i were to tell my wife hey i'm gonna i'm about to spend three grand on this cabinet don't worry it's gonna make me happy for a little like while. a cabinet oh i, I want a new cabinet be like no i'm talking about a video game cabinet. I'm kitchen cabinets hun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no. dude, like so daytona usa i just decided to look it up just one single cabinet so it doesn't have like the other ones attached to it anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars or a thousand to two thousand that sounds better than i thought let's do it what was the california one something california um oh cruising there was cruising usa cruising usa yes yeah. there we go yeah then they had cruising world yeah oh, they added more levels do you oh, remember man. the trick how to boost constantly the double oh. tap of the pedal no, I yeah, didn't know that. Double, if you double tap the gas pedal, you would do like a boost, like a flip and like a yeah. boost. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty sweet. Crazy. You know, I think if I were to buy myself an arcade cabinet and then get my wife and kids a skee-ball run, you know, one yeah. of those things, then I might be able to get away with it. She'd be like, all right, I got my skee-ball. I'm good. She, she's always liked that. Air hockey. Yeah, man. Oh, boy. All right. So other than putting our own arcade, entire arcades in our garages, um, <laughs> What other news uh, is worth pointing out, whether it's rumors or real stuff? Anything from Sony or Microsoft you guys want to call out? I mean, Sony, there was just – I was going to mention in the last episode, but we did predominantly PC talk. There's just more pricing rumors, but obviously nothing official yet. So it does seem to be hovering around 500 to to 550 hmm, okay. Um, okay. But again, it's it's rumors. Who knows? Has a console, so, a major console, ever launched at a 49 or 50 price? I don't, I don't know. Maybe back in the day, like some older consoles, but these new, the, the newer ones tend to be like even numbers, like hundreds. What was like, the Switch? Was the Switch 250? No, 300. It was 300. It was 300, right? yeah. It was yeah. 300, yeah. Okay. No. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if they can, if both these consoles have some option around 500, I think that's going to be the sweet spot. Anything more than that, and you got to really sell people on it. I think for a home video game console that's a tough price to ask uh, once you go into those 500s I yeah, think yeah it's a little tough but yeah i think you i think you could sell it higher than 500 if you were only trying to sell it to hardcore gamers i think anything above 500 and i really think anything above 400 you're 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 alienating a lot of parents who don't care about gaming that just buy it for the kids yeah. Um, I think some of them have gotten used to this gen, the four and five hundred price tag, so you yeah. might still get a good amount of them, but you'll still have to you'll have to rely on price cuts later on. Then that's when they'll jump on board. But most of the people that are gonna buy it day one are gonna be us. Yeah. And I think you can get away with five to six hundred dollars mm. if you I don't can know if justify though. it. <laughs> well, the 600 you have to justify it because yeah, you're just gonna get a lot, second job. There's oh. a lot more. Yeah, there are a lot more whiner 
I, I, there's whiners and everything, but gaming's pretty bad. There's a, a huge entitlement wave. And, and you would think it would be like, well, it's just the millennials. No, I see like 40 and 50 year old men that act like spending $20 is going to kill them. Like they're just like big <laughs> babies. <laughs> well, to no, be fair, you're, you have you're like definitely seven. not who I'm targeting. There's a yeah. lot of people like, an, like I'm in Podcast Unlocked, which is a bigger group. And you would be, well, I shouldn't say you'd be surprised. You guys have seen it. But, like, it, it, it blows me away. How I don't have the people who are like, hey, guys, this game's on sale for 10 bucks. Is it worth it? And I'm like, <laughs> shut up, dude. Like, shut up. Like, 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 get a such, job. Get a job. It's <laughs> I had to leave, like, it's uh, it's called the Dad Gamer uh, or whatever. They, they, have, a, they have a Facebook facebook group called the dad and then they have one that's the dad gamer oh okay okay and so i joined the gaming one thing oh that'll be cool it'll be a big group and maybe i'll meet some cool people it was 90 percent just you could tell they weren't guys who really follow it's like hey i played space invader (laughs) i'm a dad (laughs) like i'm like i can't take this all right grandpa (laughs) so but anyway so i think you can sell to us at 600 if it's justified and yeah. I say justified, meaning you got to have a lot of specs and Games. you got to make sure these people Oof. understand these specs. And yeah. you got to offer, um, I think you got to offer things like Game Pass and stuff like that. Like Microsoft could always throw out, hey, our console is $600, but you get a year of Game Pass included with it. A year is intense. I don't know about a year. Maybe a month or they two? They could do it. I'm telling you, like that VR headset I was going to buy, very expensive. They were giving you six months of their um, their monthly thing, which is access to four or 500 VR games. It's all yeah. VR games. So, the only way that Microsoft should do 600 bucks for the Xbox Series X is if what we've heard, there's a rumor out there about the Xbox Series S. I don't know if that's going to be true or not. It's the Lionheart. Yeah, where it's like a... Essentially, it is twice as powerful as the current Xbox One X. So it's a legitimate upgrade to the most powerful console currently available in the market, but it's not up to Series X standards. So like the I resolution... I think it's real. I don't so, think... That, that rumor has been consistent and keeps coming up. Well, I think it's because they currently have an S and an X that are both selling great to two different types yes, of audiences. There was other stuff that was coming out that made it seem like this is the route they're going. And Microsoft is, I guarantee you, how we're used to buying consoles, and we've talked about this in the past with this yeah. even on this show, how they sell consoles is not going to be the same. They're going to change it up. When they announce that they're going to, I wouldn't say shock people, but they're going to – it's going to be a talking point because they're not going to just come out and be like, $600 for this one thing. No, they're well, going to – that's what I'm saying. If it's if it's 600 they better have a cheaper option. But yeah. they could charge – okay, maybe they can come out and say, Tim, if you buy it in full, $500. Or we have this monthly plan, which we talked about before, that includes Game Pass, all that stuff. At the end of the day – You'll pay 600 over time. pay seven, dollars $800. So – yeah. They can sell it up front for 500 to those who have it. But if you don't have 500 and apparently there's a ton of people who don't have $10, if you don't have $500, you Baller can still get the console day one, but yeah. you're paying $30 a month, $40 a month. Yeah. You're leasing it. I'm pretty sure that's what the stimulus money was for, was to save up yeah. for consoles this year. That's Donald what Trump I actually think, said. I think the coronavirus was all from... <laughs> Sony and Microsoft. Microsoft. Sony <laughs> it's a saying, marketing ploy, right? It's, it's a, a marketing, marketing ploy. 
software. They're like, hey, let's give them extra money so they can actually buy our consoles because we're going to launch them at $900. You've all been inside for many months. Most of you aren't working anymore. Why don't you buy yourself a new console? (laughs) Video gaming is bad for your health, coronavirus. Video gaming is the perfect thing as you go through this. (laughs) Shut up. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where those prices all end up landing. But, of course, we don't know those details yet. I don't think we're going to go too much longer until we do learn those. I think we've got about maybe two months left, maybe, until we get all those details in hand for both of the two new consoles. I think we'll know sometime in June. I imagine both companies were planning on revealing a bunch of stuff in June anyway. So It'll be around that's, E3 time, right? So. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they'll be replace their E3 presentations with some pretty major digital announcements like everyone else is going to be doing but um hey they did have a really cool cyberpunk 2077 xbox one x uh console revealed i say really cool because i think it was just unique and and kind of cool looking not everyone loves the designs of all these i get it i actually think the controller and console look pretty slick i like the way they look am i going to buy them no i've got an x that works great i have no plans on spending money on a new console right now but if you're in the market for one and you're going to be getting cyberpunk um, this is one way to go. It obviously doesn't come with the game yet because I think the console comes out in June, right? Yes. And so. what a what a disappointment. I'm not saying the console's ugly. The console's okay. But if any of you guys listening or you guys here have seen NVIDIA's Cyberpunk 2077 video card where it's like fluorescent yellow and black, like, you know, the game cover, I do not understand why they did not make the console fluorescent yellow and black i don't understand why they didn't make the controller fluorescent yellow and black and then you could have done in the like the greenish color that they have you could have written cyberpunk 27 that's true or you could have done it in pink or you should be designing for it man do it piss me off i was like this is such a waste i would 100 percent bought it email phil phil don't Hmm. care just send him an email Send like, I don't want to know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm focused on sex, right? Now. What? <laughs> that was Series your film X. impression? That was your film impression? Series X. I'm focused on the sex. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we've got for headlines. Um, nothing else major happening. Uh, hopefully, we'll get something from one of these major companies here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and if not, if next week is it remains just as quiet, then what we'll do is we'll just kind of walk through the month of May. Because we are coming up here on the end of April. So we'll look at what the month of May has in store for folks. Well, tune in next week because if anybody's interested in Gears Tactics, I will definitely be booting that up. Play on your PC? Yeah, I'm going to play it on PC. I bring it up because we're talking about Microsoft and all that stuff. So it, it is, to me, uh, again, a lot of, there's not a lot of hype because it is an Xbox, Microsoft game. Um, but I think this is super cool. I read it's on Game Pass, uh, right? It's on Game Pass. It's it's. Uh, I read a review, but it's not technically a review. But they basically said I played it for X amount of hours, and this game is XCOM with a ton of RPG elements. Yeah, like tons of, of customization. Customization, yeah. all that. And I was like, ah, sold. Yeah. So I'm I'm super excited about um, that game launching, and I'll definitely yeah. be talking about that next week for Xbox yeah. News. Yeah, that is one to it could be one of those uh, unexpected. You know, surprise hits. Hopefully, hopefully it lands. Um, all right, well, we're going to close things out with our imaginations. We're going to talk about some what if. But you guys ever read old Marvel comics? So I was never super into comics, but I did read some, whether it was 
you know, I bought it at a garage sale or I was at a friend's house and they happened to have a cool collection of comics. And I remember probably two or three times stumbling across one that looks like, well, this can't be real. I remember one specific one comes to mind where it shows Spider-Man caught in this net and this evil kind of hunter dude with a leopard skin thing. I had never seen him before. I'd never heard of He's Hunter, uh, Craven the Hunter. Yep. And he had trapped Spider-Man. He had a machine gun pointed at him and it said, what if Craven the Hunter killed Spider-Man? That was the title of that of that issue so i read it and i couldn't believe it It actually happens and there's like a funeral and everything it's like this is depressing but the whole idea was it's the what if what if this happened yeah so i thought we'd take that same concept with video gaming and video game industry and and history and just throw out one scenario that you think would have really changed the way uh video games are seen and played and and made today so it doesn't have to be super long and in-depth but what is one video game scenario again whether it's something recent or from back in the day that would have changed and what would have been the effect if that thing would have gone differently or completely make it up doesn't matter so go ahead dan you got something for a what if scenario all right let's see here i started writing some stuff and then i, w- I was going to actually try to think of um either games or developers but i just i ran a, I are we just to... doing one a piece or are we yeah, just, just roll out one if you got more than one that's cool but i just find this to this very interesting to think what would we what would things be like right now if someone had uh done something differently some company had done something differently would have how it would have altered things i'm gonna give you my synopsis of my hypothetical what if situation okay all right so japanese rpg giants squaresoft and enix announced on november 26 2002 a merger which would see the two companies operate as one entity known as square enix uh, Enix was actually bigger than Square, but had not made as much of a dent in the U.S. markets. Um, and also Square at the time uh, was going through some financial woes because of the uh, what was it, the infamous uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within movie that did mm. very well in the theaters. Very well. Oh, yeah. I went and saw <laughs> that. It was great. Yes. Dude, um, they lost so much money on that thing. Well, my what if is, but what if the merger never happened? What if Squaresoft actually went out of business? What would the future of RPGs look like in a world without Final Fantasy? So, well, we would have finally gotten a Final <laughs> Fantasy, and I would have been happy. But uh, could their IPs have been bought and by who? So, huh. like, what what kind of you know, almost kind of like um, like THQ. Uh, yeah, THQ, like a situation, yeah. like maybe them being auctioned off. Uh, like Google. Square North or something like that gets reformed or something. Yeah, or uh, like maybe um. I almost kind of like I would love to see Naughty Dog tackle a Final Fantasy game. Dang. I think just like a super serious Naughty Dog Final Fantasy, like or just an American developer in general. I would love yeah. to see because there was actually a project and it got canceled. I think it was um, is it Bosch from Final Fantasy 12? They were doing an offshoot, like a spinoff game. That's I think right. it was for PS2. It could be PS3, but I, I'm pretty sure it's for Baltier. Maybe it was Bosch. It was Bosch, yeah, okay. and it was going to be like an action RPG. Okay. Um, and they canceled it, but it was a Amer- it was an American developer. I forget who. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that in it in of itself is a what if. Um, yeah. But yeah, like just. What do you think would have happened to those? Well, I mean. Franchises? I mean, obviously everything up to that point would have still existed, but um. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are now, where we are remaking one of the greatest Final Fantasies of all time. Um, 
But I mean, the landscape of, of JRPGs, especially around that time, as we went into like the PS3, the PS3 was not a good generation. Uh, PS3, Xbox 360 was not a good generation for JRPGs. There, there were some there for sure. But when you think of like PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, like I think PS3 is the weakest across the board for JRPGs. Yeah, so, I think some would have been purchased up by a few other companies, you know, if they were made available, yeah. of course. Yeah. But I don't think it would have been the same. I think we would have seen maybe a few attempts at a Final Fantasy game, and it just wouldn't have been the same. Um, so I, I think I think that franchise, as we know it, would have been finished. We wouldn't. I don't think we would have gotten the Final Fantasy 14. We might have gone up through 13, and that's about it. That's I think that's where it would have stopped, if I had to guess. And some of their other franchises might have been purchased up. Maybe something like the RPG Factory, which I realize hadn't been formed then. Something like that might get kicked up, where it's some former Square devs, you know, are brought into more indie studios and are creating smaller level Octopath Traveler type RPG. I think we would have seen more of that earlier on. Well, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the father of Final Fantasy, had left around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if, like, you know, because he he went off and and he did some some things. What was it, Blue Dragon? Oh yeah. Um, was it Lost Odyssey? He did both of those? Huh. Yeah, Lost Odyssey. And then there was there was one for the Switch. Was it Last Story, I think? I think oh, that was yeah. the last like console game that like his little studio was a That was another one that was kind of hard to find on the Wii, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, cuz it came out it came out around um the same time as Xenoblade. Yeah. On the but Wii, Xenoblade right? definitely came out on top as far as like popularity and people trying to look for it and and yeah. really enjoying it, so. Yeah. Um no, I'm, yeah. well, I'm glad that actually went through that square and and is it Enix or Enix, Enix. anyway. Yeah. I'm glad that. that they um were able to join forces and keep things going because although I never did play 13, at some point I'm sure I'll dive in and give it a shot. Um I have enjoyed most Final Fantasy stuff over the years that they've released. And I really enjoyed 15. We've talked about that. I spent a little bit of time in Final Fantasy 14. It's a really fun MMO. I just in general I've had to turn away from MMOs just because of yeah the lifestyle that that requires that I cannot live. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, 12 was a lot of fun. What I've played of it, I love 10 and 15 was great. And I love essentially what's 16, but seven remake really yeah. love that of course too. But looking so. at it on the other side too, like Enix and like I said, like Enix actually was bigger, a bigger mm. company, especially in Japan, like Dragon Quest, as we know it here, it was actually Dragon Warrior out in Japan. Um, was it's like it's like basically a holiday like mm-hmm. it, it tons of people will come in droves be like oh it's like it's dragon quest day there's a new dragon quest like and they'd all line up and, and get the new dragon quest like i i don't know where that series would be had they not merged and kind of had that combined funding and combined kind of like you know doesn't they have the hitman series too well square enix right now has uh they bought some western developers okay i thought for some I, reason i thought it, enix was the original Owners of that IP and now it's Iados. 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 Oh, got it. That's where I'm getting mixed up. Okay. Okay. But like Dragon Quest Eleven is an amazing game. So I I don't. It's amazing. Shut up. You're stupid. Um. You like Final Fantasy Fifteen. Your point. Your opinions are relevant. So do I. (laughs) Um. But like, I don't know if they would have gotten to somewhere like Dragon Quest Eleven, which I mean, I remember playing eight. And eight was really cool, but like I don't know, I I think I I'd have to go back and replay eight. It's been many years, but like Dragon Quest Eleven is like 
I think kind of like the top, like what they've been able to do, like at their best with that series. Okay. So, well, cool. That's an interesting one to think through. Like, yeah, because I think I do think that merger helped keep alive one of the more more impactful. They were already impactful as a developer and as a publisher, and they've continued to be over the last yeah. couple of decades. I think so. Yeah, they helped each other, and it definitely helped. It was good for everyone, I think. So. What about you, Derek? What's a situation that you look back on? You're like, dude, what if it went this way? Or maybe looking forward to the future, what if it goes this way? So I wrote three down, and I made them more Xbox-centric. Um, the first one I would do, going back to the past, is what if Halo wasn't a launch title? Hmm. Would the original Xbox fail, therefore all of Xbox die? Dang. And if you go back to like their launch, intense, like the release, like their launch games, there's some decent ones. Like there's Dead or Alive and um, forget the other one. Did they do Perfect Dark Zero. Oh, Project Gotham. That was no. 360. That's that 360. was 360. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so there, there was like about 10 or 12 games that launched with it because they had all of Microsoft's like sports titles come out. Blood Wake, which was like a boating, like twisted metal type game. Um, so they had some decent titles, but the one that stuck out was kind of like your Zelda Breath of the Wild, and that was Halo Combat Evolved. And I really do think you can have a successful launch without like a killer app if you're PlayStation or even Xbox now. But when you're launching a console and you're brand new yeah i think if you don't have a killer app that's exclusive to yours or a killer app that's superior than all the other ones as far as how it plays and how it looks on stuff i think you you fail like get a good stadia stadia <laughs> i was literally just thinking stadia had one app that isn't on anything else i think it's called glit guilt something i don't remember um that's how great it is and it nobody wanted to play it nobody cares i'm sure there's a few fans out there but nobody cares nobody talks about it no reviewers are like this is a must own you must play it hmm. and that was what halo was because i did yeah, halo was a game changer when halo launched i didn't buy the original xbox i had a ps2 yeah and um I remember when the original Xbox came out, I think my, he's now my pastor, but he was like my youth pastor. He bought the Xbox and he had Halo. And I remember going over there and playing it. And he only bought it because he wasn't like a major gamer back then. He only bought it because him and his cousin split it halfway. And so they bought it and we were playing Halo. And I was like, me and my brother looked at each other like, we got to get an Xbox. And we went and got it. So that's kind of what brought me to that what if is, what if we went over there? Well, A, they probably wouldn't have even bought an Xbox. But if they did buy an Xbox and they were playing some other game that wasn't Halo, I don't think we'd buy it. I think Halo was that good of an app, uh, that yeah. good of an exclusive, that it really put Xbox on the map and gave them the, the road to success that they've had so far. I totally agree. And then it because of its success, and it really helped to – get console gamers into the multiplayer arena that all the PC gamers already were with Counter-Strike and that kind of stuff. Now console gamers could have those big LAN parties and play multiplayer and all that stuff. And, was, then when Halo, and then when Halo 2 came out, it was one of the most, like culturally, one of the biggest moments 
uh, of like people waiting and and hyped and just the movie was on the news people who didn't even know anything about video games video games are still just kind of this weird corner of the entertainment market and halo 2 was like breaking records for money over movies and stuff it was crazy it was a combination of um i mean mostly halo definitely helped but like they're online too like xbox Xbox live microsoft started kind of that being like this well that was later but yeah. I think without the success of Halo, no, you don't see that. I do yeah, think yeah. the Xbox, I would say it would die. I don't I know. Think over I mean, time, it probably would have died, but I think they would have had to have done something. Yeah. Like it would literally changed. all, if literally all the games that came out, like came out and then minus Halo, like, I mean, I don't I know. Think you could have like a Dreamcast situation where they've yeah. been hmm. successful for a little bit and then died. Yeah. All right, well, let me give you one what if, and I've got a pretty bold and possibly very inaccurate idea of what would have happened <laughs> afterwards. We'll see. Uh, but what if back in the mid, early to mid 90s, Nintendo and Sony had figured out a way to maintain that partnership mm-hmm. and they had put out that successor to the Super Nintendo, this Nintendo Station or whatever they were going to call it, Nintendo PlayStation or whatever their idea was. They, I think they were seriously considering. The term, the the title PlayStation was already being talked about yeah. while they were partnering with Nintendo. So, what if it had been this Nintendo PlayStation combo? Here's what I think would have happened if Sony and Nintendo had maintained that partnership. I don't think Sony would be in the video game console business today. I think, if anything, they would continue to be a partner with others, whether it's with, hey, we develop some games on our own, or we help provide the tech for whether it's Nintendo, or whether they kind of broadened out and now help provide tech for all these different console companies i think that moment of just absolute betrayal by nintendo and then that kind of revenge and you know what screw you guys we're going to take you down from sony that's what spurred on this entire movement within sony so what i think would have happened i think sega would still be making consoles today and we'd have a three-way race between nintendo sega and microsoft i think microsoft was going to get in the game no matter what i think that was going to happen and i think nintendo Maybe not always with the support of Sony, but at least for a little while, they would have been doing the things that PlayStation did. They would have had those Final Fantasies and things like that. They would have, I think they would have pushed the boundaries on, oh, this is your DVD player too. They would have done that kind of stuff early on that kind of really helped keep PlayStation moving well, forward. Well, the only way I would, the only thing I would disagree with you on there is I think Nintendo is so stubborn set in their ways, they still wouldn't have. <laughs> it's easy for you to go okay if playstation and nintendo work together then they would have all playstation's ideas i think mm-hmm. the reason why we have playstation the way playstation is now is because they have no nintendo well so that was going to be the second part of it because i i agree with you i agree with you I, the second part of that was going to be i think nintendo would have dominated the rest of the 90s instead of falling back into second place really far behind sony they would have dominated the 90s and i think xbox would be our first place console maker right now with Sega and Nintendo vying for that second place spot. The, the Sega thing is interesting because I'm trying to think like how how would that I'm I'm trying to wrap because the main reason why especially with the Dreamcast that they just bombed is because people started pirating games because of the way that the it was on CDs and the CDs were easily ripped so people Correct. weren't buying games they were just you know rom putting ROMs on CDs and then playing them that way. So, right. Yeah, that's true. So maybe. Maybe that would have spurred on some different partnership with the way that Sega developed their consoles. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I also think – I don't think it was – I understand what you're saying. That was 
like the night that was the final dagger right nail in the coffin yeah well but I, there was so much more that took sega down and, and they well, were sure. already they were plummeting the saturn they made the yeah, mistake yeah, yeah. of being overpriced they couldn't yeah. afford the what happened to the dreamcast that's the problem so what happened with the dreamcast was yeah. a debacle but they couldn't afford it so they were done if they had actually had success with the saturn but they were smoked they got destroyed by playstation yeah. and the nintendo who was still in distant second they still beat them with the 64 which was a lesser experience in general you know without having the cd roms i wanted a saturn but it was the price point that didn't allow me to do it and yep. then when i actually and this is when i was a kid looked at the collection of games i was like i'd rather have a playstation in uh, 64 but I the playstation I sony got all the developers everyone flocked to them and so if instead those developers were making games on the combination of the saturn and nintendo picking one or the other i do think sega would have done a lot better in the 90s they would have been a strong second place finisher and then when xbox jumped onto the scene and you know saturn has launched the dreamcast by then i think they can afford the things that they stumbled into with the dreamcast and they'd still be kicking today maybe they'd be in third place but i think they'd still be kicking behind nintendo and microsoft but yeah, I'm, wa- I'm wondering with the xbox piece too like i'm wondering if really they come into fruition because sony the PlayStation exists. Like they're they almost kind of looking well, directly at true. Sony as like you have all this mature stuff versus Nintendo, obviously. So yeah. we want to compete against you. So we're gonna make this thing called Xbox. And everything that they are today, and honestly that Sony is today, is because those two have played this weird game of tennis back and forth over the last couple decades. So that's a good point. We probably wouldn't have the same Xbox we have today either. Yeah, perhaps. Um, no, it changes everything. It's that the what is it effect I the butterfly effect butterfly effect where one little thing shifts and you don't realize how much it damages everything because a lot of this innovation and all this stuff that we see now is spurred on by competition so if you eliminate any type of competition because let's say xbox failed because they didn't launch halo then maybe playstation just dominates and i'm not saying we wouldn't have the PlayStation we have now, we just wouldn't have the exact version. Like we yeah. would maybe not have as many AAA exclusives because they'd be like, yeah, we can relax well, a little bit. Because if, if if you don't think companies don't do that, they do. Like yeah. if they're if they're winning and they don't have to take so much of a risk, they won't invest too much. They'll it's invest true. when they're they're dying because they're like, ah, I mean, I mean, we need to figure out a way to. This um this hypothetical Nintendo where we have this Nintendo PlayStation like mm-hmm. that would be a good balance you know if if they did get their heads out of their behinds for a bit and kind of just like leveled things out and had sort of like that family stuff but also like stuff for older people like that could have yeah. been a good balance and they yep. could have just destroyed you know and I don't think this ever would have happened so go no. with my go with my idealistic thought here for a second <laughs> but if nintendo had stuck to what they're best at and i think that's creating brand new creative weird but also really intriguing worlds and characters and games and at times coming up with some really interesting hardware ideas too of course they came up with, they created the analog stick as we know it today so i totally appreciate the way that they have created with their hardware as well But then they had the technical prowess and power of what Sony always was able to develop and squeeze into their boxes. And the the original PlayStation, I get it that it maybe didn't have the same number of bits as the N64, but the things they could do with sound and with the cutscenes and things like that, CDs, yeah, it was it was just better in a lot of ways. Again, I get it. Sometimes the graphics, the polygon graphics, weren't quite as good, but that I mean, in general, yeah, they could do a lot more impressive stuff. 
um, with their the cut, tech. So. The cutscenes that you never got on the Nintendo 64 that you got on the PlayStation were were definitely like, like while the games didn't look as good, that portion of the game like yeah. blew us all away. Like, well, that's I, what everyone talked about. Final Fantasy VII was like, did you see those cutscenes? Like those were. Well, the thing yeah. people talk about. And then Resident Evil, like that's yeah. how you got me yeah. hooked. Like I remember the intro to Resident Evil, and I'm like, this is so freaking cool. It's like yeah. a movie, you know. Yeah. I wasn't used to that. Video. But you progress through Final Fantasy VII because even the cutscenes in Seven, like, really, like, aren't good. Like, they're they're okay. Back then, it was like amazing, but they're not good. When you actually go to the cutscenes, like the the FMVs for Eight and Nine are like drastically better like they're amazing drastically they, so, and like, they hold up by the way they hold yeah. up pretty well and those compared to anything on the 64 it's like well you know they don't no have contest. that yeah they don't have any of that so be, that's interesting to think through what that stuff would have been like i'm glad things are played out the way they did because i love what sony brought to the table and the way they and microsoft have bounced back and forth for so many years and the way nintendo kind of hit the bottom and we're like all right we're in maybe they weren't ever in true third place but it always felt to me like they were behind. So I've liked watching them try to claw their way back with thinking outside the box. So I kind of I like the way the industry has gone. Um, it's just interesting to think what would have happened in that alternate timeline there. But we, maybe we'll revisit this idea of what ifs in the future. But for now, we're going to wrap up this episode. And hey, uh, Derek, we haven't done this yet for current gen. But are there any words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with as we wrap up episode eight? Well, I think the the most important thing our listeners should really hold on to is there's only two valid opinions on this show. And the third one, Daniel Freitas, is an absolute idiot. You should never listen to him about anything. Even when he and I agree, his version of our opinion that we agree on is still stupid. (laughs) So don't. Ever. Can I just Listen. rebuttal? Can I rebuttal? No, there's no rebuttal. We end the show on this. Daniel well, Fred, Speaking of opinions, let me give you a medical opinion. Um, testicular health is important. Um, <laughs> don't wear tight pants. All right. Dude, yeah. since we've don't been on this lockdown, pants. I have been loosey goosey. Yeah, man. I haven't. I, I put on <laughs> a pair of jeans three. for the first time last week. I was like, I actually need to. I need to try mine on and be like, do you even fit? Because I've gained like five, <laughs> six pounds. And for most people, it's like, no, it's not a big deal. It's water weight. Uh, for these jeans. Uh, yeah, are they still to... suction to like your body though? Like they're just stuck there permanently or are they? Yeah. I, I have to pull dry them off. Sure. <sighs> All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> we'll bid you guys farewell. Talk to you next week. All right. Testies. Here we go. Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! (laughs) Boy, you are not ready. Pikachu! Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight.